The Lord, this is Brother Julius again. We are going through the book of Jude, and we have gone as far as verse 12, where he was talking about these men that crept into the midst of the believers secretly. And when he said he crept in secretly, he actually was talking about they, they were now among the believers, but they were not of us, like the apostle John wrote, that they were they, they, they finally separated from them, but they were not all of us. Is what he said. And you were saying the same thing that some people crept in on our ways and they were denying the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of them were the opposite. John said, some said they were now anti-Christ, anti to what Christ is, the doctrine of Christ, that say Christ came and died for our sins and went to and we have saved from our sins and people are saved, there's no thing like that. So those are all the things he was pointing out that he was now pointing to, letter to, to us that uh, these people, they, they, could be, they could be walking through they are going in the way of Cain, which is jealousy, or in the way of Balaam, which is uh, greedy for reward, or in the way of Korah, which is like competition that we are just as holy as you are. So that's the way of Korah and Abiram in the, in the wilderness. Verse 12. My reading is Jude chapter, really chapter, Jude chapter 1, verse 12. And he's mentioning these people. He said, These are spots in your feast of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear clouds there without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit without, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. So now he's you know, putting some adjectives around these people that he's describing, that they, they may be among us, but when you see all those things they are doing, they are not afraid to be among us, they should, and they feeling themselves without fear. They are their clouds without water, they carry about winds, and he said they are twice dead because they are not going to the world and another that they are sitting on this side. So they are twice dead. Look by this. But it is the raging waves of the sea, forming out their own shame. Because the wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. So those are adjectives that describe these people that he said they have come among them, among the believers, and they are not truly really saved. They are not believers truly, but they are trying to take over the church confusing the believers, trying to preach force, trying to contradict what Jesus Christ has taught us. So that is what he is describing. And then in verse 14, he went to give example of where he read some of, where he read some of these things of, that I mentioned in the earlier chapter, in the earlier sermon, where he mentioned that um, the angels that didn't keep their, their first estate, they were locked up. Where did he get that from? That was the book of Genesis chapter 6. That these sons of God that saw the daughters of men and they married them, they were called that's why they were actually the angels that were supposed to be watching there. It was in the book of Jude that in the book of Enoch that that was reported. We don't have the book of Enoch among the compiled books of the Bible that we have in our generation, but that book of Enoch is still circulating up to now. You can Google it on the webs on the 
For me, talent, you see the book of Enoch, but there are so many, three, three versions of that. And the first Enoch seems to be the one that he got this from. But there is another second Enoch and third Enoch that perhaps look like some Jews could have written those. Some Jews of that generation could have written those and give the name Enoch. And we choose. Verse 14 says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these things. That is what he was talking about. Saying that, Behold, the Lord coming with ten thousands of his saints. Uh, I read that in the book of Enoch when I went to look for it. It was in that first Enoch. Where he, that was where he was quoting it from. He said, Enoch wrote about this thing, that the Lord coming with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him he said he, he not wrote about that and you see that in the that like i said in the, in the, it will not be translated the same way but you see the same theme of what he was writing that that was what in the book of the first uh, you know that God's, God's includes execute judgment upon all that and convince them of their evil deeds. Verse 6 says, These are murmurers now, and these called describe who are these people we are talking about, and it's produced continue to describing them. These are murmurers. Where did you get the word murmurers from? Remember in the gospel of uh, in the I mean in the epistle of Apostle Paul, when he was talking about I think it was uh, Romans chapter 10 or first Corinthians chapter 10. Let me Point out real quick, where Apostle Paul said we should not forget what happened to the people in the wilderness. Lest we, lest we forget, he said that God was not well pleased with them because they all fell because they were murmurous and they were all. You see that in First Corinthians chapter ten. In First Corinthians chapter 10, Apostle Paul referred to the same thing about what happened in the wilderness, that we should be careful not to be like them. And let me read it quickly for you in chapter 10 of First Corinthians. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant out that all our fathers, as the Jews, the Israelites, were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ say but with many of them God was not well pleased now that is what Jude was also referring to in the book of Jude where he said for they were overthrown in the wilderness now verse 6 of first Corinthians chapter 10 said now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lost after evil things as they also lost it Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpent. Verse 10 is really where we are going. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured. And were destroyed of the destroyed. What does murmuring mean? When people murmur when they are this discontent of what is going on, and they are not bold enough to confront the leader. So the murmuring means they are just 
saying it among themselves. You don't like what's going on. You don't like this person. You don't like. They are saying it among themselves, not able to confront the leader because they are afraid. But if the leader is God and they are murmuring, they are not then they are murmuring against God. And that was what happened in the wilderness. Because these people decided murmuring against Moses. But Moses said, I'm not the one leading. God said we should go in this direction. So I'm just following what God said. But they were discontent. They were displeased. So which means they are not displeased with Moses alone. They are displeased with God who is leading them. So that is why God has to judge them. But they are not following. So the same way is what you was using. He said that let us, this, this, these are murmurers in verse 16 of Jude. Who are these people he's talking about? These people that he said they came in among us on now. He said they will become to murmur. Murmuring means they were discontent. They are not satisfied with how the church is run or what is going on in the midst of the congregation. But if God is running the church and they don't like it, then they don't like what God is doing. And that is when they are now murmuring. They are actually murmuring against God. And so that's why he's using the word. These are murmurers, complainers. Complain about this, complain about that, about the church. Sometimes you may see in your midst, maybe they are not complaining. Really. Some say, well, I don't go to that church because they are hypocrites. He's telling the people are hypocrites. That's complainers. Oh, I don't go there because that pastor preached against this. They are murmurers, complainers. They are not going to be satisfied because they don't want to do what God says. If the pastor is preaching the truth, they say he's preaching it too harsh. If he's not coming to their level to do the sins that they like to see, then they will complain. That's their, that is the, that is another example. I just give an example of what murmuring will be. Some people are already murmurers. They, that's why they don't come to. They say they don't go to church because it's a it's a it's a hypocrisy over there. That people over there, uh, I've just been worshiping God myself. But God said, don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together because you exhort one another. Iron sharpens iron. But if you cut off everybody because you don't like what the pastor said, you like all those people over there. Then someone maybe it is you that have problem. <laughs> so that's why Apostle Jude was saying these are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts. See where the lust can be just desire to be the one they should be speaking. That's a loss. I should be the one preaching or teaching. That pastor does not know better than me. That's lost in itself, lost for power, lost for fame, lost for recognition. I could be the reason that, that it could be a jealousy like that that's driving the motivating this person that is complaining at this moment. So we have to be humble and watch and be designing. Otherwise, we just fall into any of these offenses that like this believer, this uh, apostle are pointing out that we should be careful. Don't be a murmurer. Don't be a complainer. Walking after loss. Because loss is not just loss after sex or loss after money. Be lost after power. Lost after recognition. Lost after I should be the one talking, preaching. Lost after this, and, and that's how lost is the pride of life that can make people to begin to murmur and get discontent and dissatisfied. They wanted to stay away from the condition, stay away from the person. And we have to be careful not to fall into those traps of the devil because once the devil see the leaning, nobody's leaning in that direction, the devil will come and amplify it in your mind. Amplify it in your mind. Say, I see what that said, did. Oh, see what that person said. Don't go to them anymore. Amplify, they can amplify it. And if you fall for it, you'll be falling into the hole that is digging. So let's be careful. Here he said, these are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own laws. And their mouth speak a great swearing words, having men's persons in admiration. Because of advantage, I mean, they praising one person over the other person because they, they, want, they are gaining something from this. I see, because of advantage, whatever they are gaining from this, it can become competition. And you remember in the days of Apostle Paul, 
so in the, I think it was in Corinth. Somebody else said, well, we like Apollos. Some say, well, now I'm for Paul. He said, I'm for Apollos. Apollos is a sweet talker. Oh, he can present the world so much. Paul, mm, still do. And so say, become, they are now dividing one another. One say, I, some say, I'm for Apollos. I'm for Apollos. I'm for, I'm for Peter. I'm for, I'm for Peter. is the head of the church. I'm for Peter. Very soon, they have three groups in the, in the congregation. Some say, I'm for Paul. Some say, I'm for Paul. Some say, I'm for Jesus. I'm, and that's another group. <laughs> so it looked like a competition there. And he said, I, they are, I, I, that's how produce say something like that. So going on that he's observing. Men, they are admiring. See, having men's spaces in admiration. They are admiring people. You should follow Jesus. Don't admire people. All of us are servers, servants of the Lord. You may get your food from this person. Thank God for him. You may get your individual from that person. Thank God for him. But keep following Jesus. Keep your eye on Jesus Christ. Not men. So they say these people are having men's presence in admiration because of advantage, whatever they are gaining after that, that's what they are really promoting. Verse 17. So, but beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time, in the last days. We call them mockers. Who should walk after their own ungodly lusts? So he said that there have been promises before about this thing that there will be people that will be walking after their ungodly lusts and they are mockers also, they are mocking Christianity. Verse 19. He said, These be they, it's good to qualify these people again, who separate themselves, sensual, having none the spirit, that they don't have the Holy Ghost, and yet they claim to be believers. And they separate themselves from the true believers and from their own church, perhaps. Verse 20. Say, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. is recommending that we should pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Holy Ghost is praying in tongues. If you have the Holy Ghost and you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you should be able to speak in tongues. And Jesus Christ gave that to every believer. Go and read it in Mark chapter 16. See, verse 16, 17, and 18. You see, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out the wood, they shall speak with no tongues. That's the gift, the general gift to the every believer. If you say, I don't speak in tongues, pray. Ask Jesus to give it to you. And you feel you will only speak and you begin to speak in tongues. And that is what you used to pray. Every time you want to pray, Holy Ghost can speak in tongues through your, your speaker, speak in tongues. Holy Ghost is giving you a trust. You speak in prayer for hours just to pray, just to pray. You are talking to everyone in a language that you don't understand it, but everyone understands it, God understands it, and you are talking mysteries. And that is how sometimes we intercede for nations, that God will use that prayer to do, to, to do something for believers or for nations or for people that are related to us that we don't know anywhere. Long distance that we don't know about, God can pray through our mouth, Holy Ghost to pray through our mouth. It is as we pray, using the authority that we have in the Spirit to take things, to make things happen in the Spirit. He said, if you pray in the Holy Ghost, God uses that many regularly. And we ought to do that regularly. We should create time for praying in the Spirit all the time. Every day. And we should believe, we believe that you do that. Verse 21 says, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. You have to keep yourself praying in the Holy Ghost, building up yourself by, by praying in the Spirit. That's what you are doing when you are being, when you are praying in the Spirit, you are building up your faith. Your faith. Apostle Paul put it one way, say that, he that, pray, he that speaketh in tongues edify himself. So when you pray in tongues, 
you are edifying yourself, you are charging up yourself like a battery that is weak. You charge it up by praying in the spirit. So you charge up your battery, your spiritual battery, by praying in tongues. And that is why he said, praying in the Holy Ghost, you are building up yourself, you are strengthening of Jude. So we are we are we are we are exhorted to do that regularly. I try to do that every day. Maybe after I finish my work, try to take 30 minutes to one hour, just sit down and just pray in tongues. Just pray in tongues. You don't know what you are saying, just pray in tongues. How you know what you are saying is to keep your mind on one topic. Let's say I'm praying for the believers to have faith, our faith to increase. And then you that's what you say is your mouth. And the Holy Ghost help me to pray that prayer. And then you start praying in tongues. As you pray in tongues, your mind is on that prayer you have said verbally with your own, with your own understanding. And pray for all believers everywhere to have our faith increase. As you say that, as the Holy Ghost help me to pray that prayer, and start praying in tongues. Holy Ghost will need to speak through your mouth, praying for the believers everywhere, no matter where they are. Somebody is going through trial times. Holy Ghost can use the prayer you are praying in the long distance to be taking effect in another country. And that is what you do when you do when you are a prayer warrior. And you want every believer to be doing that. Pray in the spirit. You are also building up yourself. You are charging up your spirit, your, your, your spiritual power. You are charging it up when you pray in the spirit. Because Paul said, either pray in the spirit, edify himself. You know, you don't know what you are saying, but you are edifying your spirit. You are building up yourself. And I was do. And look to that when you say in verse 21. In verse 20, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, you keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Verse 22 of Jude. And of some, now he's saying you can also help some. Have compassion. I have compassion on some people, even though you were talking about them that they might have run astray, they might have gone astray. Show compassion for them, praying for them, trying to deliver them. Have compassion and have making a difference. I and mean, you can make a difference in lives by how you exhort them or how you pray for them. You can make a difference you know, and having compassion for them by praying for them also. Even all the people that we are saying Apostle was referring to, that they say they crept in among us, but they are not of all. They are trying to, to usurp authority or they are preaching heresy. Denying Jesus Christ, you can still pray for them to make a difference. Have compassion upon them by praying for them. You're making a difference in their life because Holy Ghost can turn them around. Think of Apostle Paul when he was Saul of Tarsus and he was killing the Christians and he claimed to be a Pharisee of the Pharisees and he was on the way to go and arrest more Christians in Damascus. Prayer of the saints could have made the Lord God touch him. And deliver it so prayer can make a difference that's what we are saying prayer prayer for those people that you think are persecuting us can make a difference look at all these uh, Boko Haram people let believers pray for their leader and pray that they be saved and changed and God can touch them and they can be saved. that does not mean that all of them can turn but God can take one out of them look at Apostle Paul when he turned and God turned him out of being a Pharisee that's persecuting Christian he also began to be persecuted by the people that uh, were formerly leading was leading them to to go and persecute. Now he became the target. Why they think this man is crazy? Now they <laughs> want to kill Paul, and he has to run. They have to even in Damascus when he first started the preaching day, the governor, the Jews were familiar with the governor. They got the governor involved. The governor went to arrest Paul, 
So they have to let fall down through the on the, through a window over the wall, the city of the wall, the city wall, in a basket. The same wall that was persecuting believers now he himself was not being persecuted. God can still save that man that was the leader of, uh, of, uh, of Boko Haram. God can still save him. You keep praying for him. God can still stay, save any of these uh, full and years. God can save them. One by one, God can save them. There was a story of a woman that said she was formerly one of them and she got delivered and saved. And that is still possible. God is still saving souls everywhere over the world. But prayer of the saints, prayer is what you use. Uh, prayer in tongues also can do some help. That's why Apostle Jude is encouraging us to pray in the Holy Ghost. Have compassion on some of these people, making a difference in their lives by prayer. And verse 27, and others you save with fear. Save them with fear. I mean, let them be let them be delivered out of this terrible fear that's come upon the world. Either by preaching them, because sometimes the fear of hell alone. God can show some people a vision of hell where they are heading. And they wake up and say, Gee, I don't want to go there. And they repent from all the wickedness they have been doing against the Christians, against the people. And that's saving them out of with fear. You can save them with fear like that. Either you preach it to them, or they saw a vision of hell. There was a time a minister said somebody was came to him and said he didn't believe in God. He doesn't know whether it's a God or not. And and the body, all the brothers said, I just told him, he said, Brother, I just told him in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. In anyone that comes to God must believe that he is and is the reward of God and do the seeking. So you don't come to God because you don't believe he is of goodbye. And then the brother, the minister prayed and said, Lord, let this Hebrew chapter 11 verse 6 be, be staring in the face of this man when he wake up in the morning. Let him dream about it that he, he, he that coming to God must believe that he is. And he said, what have you done? Let that Hebrew 11 verse 6 be staring in his eyes when he's going about his work. Let him be showing his, in his mind that he'll never be able to take it off of his mind. Hebrew 11 verse 6 that he must believe there's a God. And the man two days later came back and said, he woke up dreaming about this evil level of services. He, he saw him almost like this. Somebody was standing in, 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 his, in his way talking to him about evil levels. And he said, he now believed that there is a God. So you see, God can turn things around when we pray. So pray that the Lord will touch all these people that are, that are persecuting believers. Pray that the Lord will touch all these uh, Boko Haram group that they will be shown the hell fire in their dreams. And they don't want to go there. Then they will run out of, they wake up and cry unto Jesus and be saved. That God will save one of these uh, flannels men that are wicked. That they will see themselves that they are on their way to hell. That they will repent and don't want to go there. That is saving them by, by out of with fear. So God can show them fear as you make them to turn. Pulling them out of the fire. They hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Verse 23. That is, they will even hate the sinful nation. If they, are, they see where they are heading, the fear of hellfire will make them to turn. So that's really how we can explain that in verse 23. So that's why we ask you to pray for these people and ask the Lord God to turn them, to touch them, to show them hell in the vision, to show them where they're heading. Some people, when they when they saw themselves in the vision and saw that the, the, the prophet they are following is in hell, they wake up and say, no, they don't want to go there. They are following the wrong person. And then they call upon Jesus Christ. So that is very important that you should, you should pray for all these people, have compassion on them, and you can make a difference by your prayer. Verse 24. 
Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Let me go to verse 23 again. Here he says, and others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire. That's what you are doing when you pray for them and they are delivered from going to hell. It's like pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Well, we will continue this message in the next broadcast. The Bible said, precept shall be upon precept, line upon line. A little there, a little there. And I pray that you will not miss the next broadcast so that you can build upon that which you have just learned today. The Bible said, faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In, in other words, we can say faith coming by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. It's not just a one-time shot. You must keep hearing the word so that your faith can be built up. We shall continue this message in the next broadcast. Don't miss the next broadcast. God bless you.